Hey guys, thank you so much for listening on. I just wanted to do a recent podcast of my recent interview with Stephanie Aaron Breyer. She is a lawyer for the victims and coordinator of Miguel Agustin Pro Juarez Human Rights Centre International Area. She recently visited straight from Mexico to speak with us at the Colorado Bar Association Spanish-Speaking Lawyers Committee. And so I really wanted to pick her brain a little bit about Las Mujeres de Juarez, the women of Juarez, Mexico, women who were specifically killed after their late-night shifts at the maquiladoras factories in Mexico and who have sprung up dead bones. And there's no trace. There's just disappearance. And that really touches home because I remember back when I was back in my younger years, in my first year of college, I was working at a, at a clinic and I overheard a story of this video talking about the disappearances of the women in Juarez. And it just blew my mind away. And so I remember the day I heard about it. And so I even cried and I called my mom and I asked her a little bit more about those investigations and stories about women just sprung up dead and in bones and, and their parents not knowing anything what, what could have happened to them. And so come to find out my mom worked at one of the maquiladoras and so that really, really broke me down for several days because Damn, we live in a fucked up world for women. And if I do get the opportunity in time, I can still dig up and see where I can find that research paper. But sit tight. Another thing that I touched base with Stephanie is we spoke a little bit about the recent killing of a locally known journalist, Javier Valdez, because journalism and journalists is totally risky in Mexico, which one of my cousins is still back in Mexico. And I just want to give a big shout out to him because he's still there fighting and asking those questions, not shutting up. And and him and I, we, we have deep roots and questions and stories that are only spoken at night in lower tones. So here's what I asked Stephanie. So I have a couple questions, Mike. For the una más, the last thing I heard of the investigation going for them was that an, a private investigator that was hired by the United States went into Ciudad Juarez to help out with the investigation. However, she received so many, you know, more death threats, or actually she more became corrupted into the game that it never really got solved to actually see that these bodies were just being buried somewhere and women were just been disappearing left to right. Okay, I don't actually have really information specifically about that because we don't work very much on feminicidios. Um, who, if you do kind of long distance interviews, who definitely would have information about that is El Centro de Derechos Humanos de Mujeres, CEDEM. They have their offices in Chihuahua City. Mm -hmm. um, and in Juarez, the NGO that we work with a lot is Centro de Derechos Humanos Paso del Norte. Mm. So I think they would probably have, because I actually know, I'm learning this information yeah. that you're telling me. Yeah, awesome. And how long have you been working for the organizations in Mexico? Ten years. Ten years. Yeah, but in the, just in this organization. Yes, yes. And so do you live currently in Mexico? And yes. you 
wow. How, what is the, can you tell me in a couple sentences, what's the life of, of your job in a daily basis? Um, well, the life of a, a human rights defender in an NGO in Mexico is receiving a much larger number of cases every day um, than you can take on. And unfortunately, continuing to document the use of torture, arbitrary detentions, falsification of evidence, excessive use of force, and so on the one hand it's a very frustrating mm -hmm. job sometimes because we want these legal reforms of recent years, the constitutional reforms, or we want these judicial precedents um, from the Supreme Court to translate into real actions and real changes because Mexico needs deep structural reforms to yes. its criminal justice system, to its investigatory bodies um, in the fight for against corruption, etc. On the other hand, it's a very inspiring life yes. um, because the people that we work with, um, victims, family members, members of social movements, um, are the source of hope that we see in Mexico and are the source of, of change. And these are the people who are really um, calling for accountability and calling for reform and for what happened to them to never happen to anybody else. Yes. So it's an amazing privilege to be working with um, such courageous, uh, examples of, of human rights defenders and, and activists. So that would be the summary of these extremes. Nice. <laughs> between which I mean, I don't want to say nice, but like, wow, it, it would be inspiring because you're working for a more deaf of, it, it's saying like more high risk, right? Because yesterday a journalist got killed, and what what do you have to comment on that? On that, uh, did you know the journalist? Uh, we did because he actually covered um, some cases that we have worked on from Center Pro. He was very well known um, to Mexican press and the Mexican human rights community. And there have been, sadly, a series of journalists murdered. Um, it's one of the most dangerous countries in the world for journalists in yes. terms of the, the murder rate. Yeah. Uh, and also human rights defenders. Yes. And when we talk about uh, attacks on defenders going from arbitrary arrests to uh, physical attacks, acts of intimidation, and uh, unfortunately also to murder, um, there are certain groups of defenders that are especially at risk. So community-based defenders, um, defenders who are working on land rights, and now some, some recent examples are um, sadly, parents who are looking for their children yes. have been disappeared yes. and who themselves become the target of attacks uh, and a series of those parents have also been killed in the search for their children. children. So uh, of course this is one of the greatest tragedies that is occurring in Mexico and we also seek to help to strengthen local um, organizations and support local defenders in the face of this terrible reality. Awesome. And then also, what what do you see the future of Mexico? Do you think, so I know they just explained to you like, hey, a criminal justice reform, but what about, so you said in a few weeks, the governor elections mm -hmm. in, in Morena, they get together and, right. and then, well, <laughs> well, very big, broad question, right. um, but. Obviously, yeah. well, the, the future could change 
because of changes in uh, which political parties are in power. That is a possible route for change, but as of yet, that's unclear. Mm -hmm. So we continue to emphasize the constitutional reforms of recent years, the criminal justice reform, the incorporation of human rights treaties into the Constitution. Another big reform that's going to happen is the transformation of the federal attorney general's office into an autonomous, mm -hmm. uh, independent body. And we need for that transformation to go beyond a cosmetic change or to go beyond a change on paper. Yes. And to really mean a different approach to criminal investigation. Um, and so there are these big institutional reforms or legal reforms that are fairly recent. Mm -hmm. And so even though we're very frustrated with the happened. slow progress or the lack of results as of now, that's uh, to be expected in the Mexican context and looking at the scope of these reforms. And so in the coming couple of years, certainly the next decade, is going to be a very crucial period of time yes. to continue to press for the correct implementation of these reforms and for yes. the Constitution to actually be implemented in daily life. Yes, yes. Okay, thank you so much, though. I really appreciate it. Thank you.